You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by AirAccountant.io, outsourced controller and bookkeeping services. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Ardell Fleeson, passionate community builder, consultative business developer, and a champion of senior living. Welcome, Ardell. Oh, thank you, Carl. I've been excited about this since you first sent me the email because it's great to reconnect with you. I usually see you in the high-tech prayer breakfast context, and it's nice to see you with another hat on. This is great, and I'm very honored to be speaking with you. Absolutely. So this is a big title that I read out here that you're... Now, tell me what a passionate community builder is. And then a consultative business developer and a champion of senior living. What is that? That's a catch-all for the sort of consulting work I've been doing for the last several years and will continue to do ad infinitum as long as the Lord allows. I work with senior living communities who are having what we call in the business census. Census is the term of art in senior living for cash flow. Uh, God gave me the job I've got right now in an hour. I'm on a consulting contract with Fair Haven, which is one of 14 properties of Methodist Homes of Alabama and Northwest Florida. They had a community destroyed by Hurricane Michael, and the dear residents of that community were absorbed by the rest of the system. And about two months ago, we bought them a $65,000 bus and sent them back to uh, Matheson because their community was ready for them to, re- to reoccupy. And that made a real big hole in census. And so they brought in, a, I say it modestly because it's God, a sales superstar to help fill up the spaces. So that fancy language means I sell apartments and I love doing it in a Christian ministry mode. Because there's way more in a senior living apartment sale than just, hey, do you want the keys? It's what does your sister think? How willing is your mother to move? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why does this particular sister not participate in the process? What do you think the barriers are inside your, your mother's heart? Um, it's a very big deal to decide to move to a senior living community. We know in the business that isolation is the enemy for a senior. Isolation means that you're 40% more likely to become ill. When you're living in community, you're much healthier, particularly a spiritually based community like this Methodist place that I'm working. And I have the opportunity, Carl, to pray with people all the time. I prayed with people yesterday who don't have clarity around their health situation, really don't know what they want to do next, and they're both in their 90s. And and it's just, it's a tough, tough time in your life. And I feel God moving through me on a an hourly basis when I'm dealing with these dear families. So sales is the big overarching notion, but family system psychology of, in which I'm an expert comes into play every single day. Um, touching people where they are, understanding their timetables, knowing how forceful to be, knowing that they're looking to me for guidance. I'm quick to tell them that I'm an expert in this process. You can trust me. Mm-hmm. And the crowd who is 55 and up really wants that generationally. They want that eyeball to eyeball. I'm with you every step of the way. They want to meet with you in person. Fairhaven has been around since 1961. It was part of the nationwide building boom in senior living communities. Widows and orphans homes, which had been a function of the church largely, morphed to serve larger sections of the population. So we have men, we have women. At Fairhaven, we support 400 individuals in various levels of healthcare. And As you know, I mean, there's a wonderful daily download called Senior Housing News. These communities are popping up everywhere. And Fairhaven did a bond issue 
in 2016 for $91 million, and they put $42 million bucks into Fairhaven. So I have a lovely property to, to show to people and to bring them in for, and I'm on a contract that I don't think has an end while I go to grad school here, so we'll see what God has in mind for the end yeah, of 2020. Let's talk about that. You're working on your master's degree. You're not exactly a kid. <laughs> well, I am getting a master's degree in English at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and I've always, this is my second master's degree, my first one is in technology commercialization, and it was just time to go to school again. I love school, I love structure, um, I am almost finished with the degree, my thesis will be a brand builder, my thesis will be Shakespeare for Seniors how Shakespeare-based theater companies can do a better job reaching out to their local senior living communities because intellectual stimulation is so important to our health. So that's my master's thesis, which I'm writing next year. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm fulfilling class requirements and just having a ball. University of Alabama at Birmingham is an unsung gem, part of the UAB system. We all know Roll Tide Tuscaloosa, Bear Bryant. Yep, my um, sister went there. But, oh, did she? Yeah, it's it's a proud, proud community, and this is the one in Birmingham that is now has a billion dollars in assets and is growing like crazy because Birmingham, as many of our audience knows, replaced steel with medicine. It's a great medical center. So you mentioned a few times you, you alluded to prayer and and Christianity and and faith. How did you come to your faith, Ardell? Oh, I was a, a First Baptist Church Dallas. I was on a. a youth retreat. I was 12 years old, and they were saying that Jesus wants you to be a part of him. And I just thought about it deeply and said, yeah, I, I want that in my life as a 12-year-old. So I was baptized, uh, First Baptist Church Bell, W.A. Crystal. I was baptized when I was 12. And my faith journey, like everybody's, has been a little bit of a yo-yo, not as much in college as after. I was in commercial real estate for eight years, and that's a very scary profession. So I got very close to the Lord during during that time. So it's just it's been a life journey. When I'm at my best, I'm spending time with God every morning, marching through a book like right now I'm in Romans, setting the alarm a half an hour early. <laughs> it's not always in my, my skill set. So I'm not as good about that time in the morning with him. I'm always seeking greater discipline. Talk a little bit about the yo-yo. You, you mentioned a yo-yo. So, so you, there have been times where you've become distant with God, you've fallen away, you've come back. How does that work? Well, I mean, God is always standing there with open arms. I think I've had a fairly close walk with God ever since my mid-20s. But in college, I you know, would prefer to sleep in and go to church. I never was, like most of us, a big-time sinner, uh, the, the classic ones. I mean, the, the central sin is selfishness. And that's a battle for me. How can I stop having me as being the center of the universe and have God be the center of the universe? Mm. But the yo-yo, I think, was more descriptive of the past when I was in college. But I've had a really firm walk with the Lord um, probably since my mid-20s. Um, but as we all know, who commune with God every day, it, it's a weekly yo-yo. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you're in tune with Him and in love with Him, and it, you can feel Him flowing through you, and sometimes not as much. Um, in this particular job, I'm very blessed, because with Methodist homes, I can do Christian speak, pray with people. There's no frowning at that. That's encouraged here, because we're a faith-based organization. So let's talk about how you integrate your, your faith with your work. Now, I know you originally as the membership director at the Tower Club. I think everybody in the, in the Northern Virginia area knows you from that job. <laughs> you would come and talk to us when we were eating there, and, and, and you were the Tower Club for many, many years. Oh, oh thank you very much. So were, were you able to integrate your faith with your work back then in a, in a more secular environment than in the real estate world? Talk, talk to me about the journey, the work journey and, and your faith as it relates to that. 
Well, it's all about one-to-one connecting, looking deeply in people's eyes and giving, having God give you a sense of what's going on inside their souls. Um, the Tower Club is a secular environment, business environment, very aggressive. And people knew that I was a Christian. Um, and with the, with the members with whom I've been close to How did they know? Did you, how did they know? Um, yeah, did you wear a cross necklace? Did you come out and you tell them? How did, did people, were you just overly nice? I think overly nice. I think occasionally alluding to what I'd heard in a sermon and how that related to somebody's current situation. Um, very non-invasive. Um, my very, very, very first boss, way back when, he's no longer on the planet, um, told me that if he'd known that I would speak so boldly, he wouldn't have hired me. So that was a that was a sort of a friendly caution that we can't be too too flamboyant in a multicultural in, environment, but. Once you get to know people, because the club business is like family, it's very easy to communicate, you know, where do you worship? I I did pray with people about things, but it was never as overt, obviously, as it is here in a a Christian environment. Um, In commercial real estate, my my real estate partner was was a Christian, and uh, we occasionally would would pray. We pray for deals, of course, um, but that was not central to that particular not central to that particular chapter in my life like it is like it is now. But your question is, how do people know? I think they feel it in loving spirit. Um, one of the things that I teach in my networking practice, I, I speak professionally on networking, is imagine when you're speaking with someone for the first time that you're sending to them, you know those pods we put in the dishwasher, those mm-hmm. those soap pods? Imagine that you're sending to them little pillows of love. And if you can have that mental image of sending out little pillows of love, showering them with little pillows of love, then the eye contact and what you're talking about forms the basis for that. And I guarantee you, people feel it. People feel the warmth. They feel the acceptance. You can see people's facial musculature just relax. And there's a real connection, which I believe is of God, that happens every time when you're sending out those little pillows of love. So functionally, that's my answer to your question, is is people can feel the presence of God inside you by the way you approach them, largely through eye contact, through just generosity, generosity of spirit. Do you ever feel that people are running from God and repelled by it or not? No, no. no. I've, I've never asked anybody ever in my life, may I pray with you? And they say, no. It's just never happened. There's a basic truth inside all of us that we all need the Lord. Even if we have a Lord inside us, we need more of him, a greater indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that's what that, this is psychic, cool connection that God provides that um, I think makes me an excellent networker and draws people to the stability of that. And it's not me, Carl. It's God flowing through me. You are a good networker. I, I remember <laughs> very well how well uh, you networked around that place. So talk to me about God's sense of humor. Do you think he has one? And if so, have oh, you experienced it? I, I know he has one. I got this job in an hour. This has happened, I, I can't count how many times in my life. I'll be sort of wondering about the future, um, praying Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. what's going to happen next, and then, then I something happens. I got the Fairhaven job in an hour. Um, I met my former husband uh, after a disastrous romance before. I feel God leaning over the battlements of heaven and saying to me, see, see, see what I had in mind for you. <laughs> so he's just yucking it up that, <laughs> that all the while he had my back, all the while he had plans for me. He was about to pour out a great blessing. 
and I'm the one who didn't know it. So I think that's his sense of humor. What about when you're going back to school? Have you have you seen? <laughs> I imagine you're not the youngest person in your class, and and so I, I'm just wondering if you have any funny stories out of that. Well, uh, yeah, I was in. Yes, this is a UAB used to be a commuter school, so they're much more open than a more traditional campus to. Uh, unique types of students. I mean, people take years and years and years to get their degrees here. They take years and years to get their PhDs. They're just very open and encouraging. And in the history of the English language, we had final chapters on slang and the role of slang in our lives today. And I got to tell you, Carl, she did the top 20 slang words from last year. She did the top 20 slang words from 10 years ago, the top 20 slang words from five years ago. I'd never heard of any of those words. <laughs> not, not, not one that I have another Another funny that has to do with cultural acceptance. Uh, when I was at the Tower Club, the Washington Post wrote about me and said <clears throat> that I was the business matchmaker with the golden Rolodex. Well, I can't use that anymore, Carl, because nobody knows what the heck a Rolodex is, Rolodex. right? All right, we're <laughs> you, coming up you to know the end of our, our program here. That, that's funny. Uh, so, Ardell Fleeson, thank you so much for joining us on Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, and I want to encourage you to follow us on our podcast. You can reach us on all of the major podcasting networks. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by airaccountant.io.